Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome into the Tiger Woods podcast right here on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. What is up, Tiger Nation? It is indeed Cam Rogers. I'm alongside Bridget Whalen for the first episode of the month of September. We are your Tiger Woods experts, of course, here for you as we draw closer to the U.S. Open, that big championship for Tiger Woods. He will not be playing this week at the Tour Championship. More on that later in the show. Of course, hit us up on social media. Follow me on Twitter at MrRogers99 and on Instagram at MrRogers98. Bridget is on Twitter and the gram at Bridget K. Waylon. Here is the lowdown with today's show. We are talking about the BMW Championship my oh my what a finish that was gee if that was the end of the playoffs I think we'd all be happy but no we have one more leg to go we'll talk about Tiger season it is done officially and Bridget and I will review the season overall of course look at the BMW in particular perhaps throw some grades out there it really is an interesting study looking at Tiger's finishes from the Farmers Insurance Open prior And also, after the Farmers Insurance Open, the finishes are very, very different. So we'll talk about that. And then, of course, the Tour Championship. This is it. East Lake. Here we go. DJ is the pole leader, if you will, to use a NASCAR term. Of course, it is a staggered start here at the Tour Championship. DJ in the lead at 10 under par. And then we'll talk about the other scores as we go throughout the show. So, big episode here of the Tiger Woods Podcast, and of course, we thank you for taking time out of your day to tune in. Of course, a lot is happening in the world, and it truly does mean a lot that you are, of course, maybe getting a little reprieve from the negativity out there sometimes and enjoying a little Tiger Woods talk. So, we certainly do appreciate you. Now, of course, we do appreciate Bet Online. They are our sponsors here on the program. Of course, the NBA, MLB, and NHL are in full swing. And our partners at Bet Online have you covered. Just letting you know my pick of John Rom. If you went with him on Bet Online, you probably made some money. Just saying. So take full advantage of sports being back and get in on the action with hundreds of odds, futures, and props for you to bet on, and there is always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and sign up to receive your welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, let's do it. BMW Championship, John Rahm victorious, his second win since the PGA Tour restart, of course, winning earlier this year at the Memorial, another, I guess you could say, major championship type of feel, much like this tournament at Olympia Fields. Bridget, that was exciting theater, and if only we had fans for those putts that Dustin Johnson and John Rahm sunk, because man, that was one heck of a heavyweight fight. That was wild. That's probably the most exciting finish I think I've ever seen in my entire life. And now, granted, I wasn't really 
watching golf when I was like eight or nine years old, when Payne Stewart won at Pinehurst. So like, I don't really have those vivid memories of major moments. Also like blabbering Bubba Watson, you know, that sort of eclipsed me. So this past Sunday was probably, I have to say the most exciting 18th hole. And then, I mean, that putt that John Rahm made, I wasn't even really prepared for it. So my mindset is DJ's putt just was so much better in my opinion, because I had expectations for it. John Rahm's just came totally out of the blue. It was just unbelievably shocking. I was actually upset that it ended that way because I wanted to see one and two battle a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I think it's crazy that we mentioned last week, the playoffs bring kind of the best out of everyone. The cream rises to the top. If you want to say it gets pretty have, chalky. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You have one, two, three in the world as one, two, three in the race to the FedEx cup. That's crazy. He drained a 66-foot, 5-inch putt, John Rahm did, in the playoff versus DJ to win it, the second longest made by any player in the BMW. Actually, Hideki Matsuyama drained a 66-foot, 10-inch putt on Thursday. So, by the way, Rahm was 6 over par after the second round, and my buddy was making fun of me. Yeah, Cam, Rahm's 6 over. Nice job with your pick. And, uh, well, I guess that worked out pretty well for me. And not so much for my friend, Nick Penkela. Shout out to Nick. Uh, the worst 36-hole score to par for an eventual champion in a non-major since 1980. So, Rom, I mean, has, for the last couple of years, had this sort of negative cloud over his head. People like to say he has a temper and he can't control his emotions. I mean, apparently he can, because if you're six over par and you end up winning this championship, which, by the way, was extremely difficult, I think you're doing something right. And I guess the question becomes now, Bridget, as we look ahead to the U.S. Open, which is a prototypical tough place to play, tough tournament to participate in, is Rom or DJ the favorite? Or is it somebody else? Because obviously Rom and DJ have proven that they can win on very difficult courses. DJ, of course, a U.S. Open winner. And John Rom just last week. Well, just take into consideration, first of all, you picked John Rom. So kudos to you. After that Thursday round, I was like, <laughs> I'm totally I literally shook my head. I'm like, here we go. <laughs> and then with that snafu on the fifth hole, John Rahm should have been 10 under on the weekend, 10 under at Olympia. And it was playing gnarly. There were only three guys under par after the first round, correct? Like that's crazy. Granted, I think it did play easier as the tournament went on. Still, that and Mirfield Village are like without a question, the toughest courses that players have played in this, you know, adjunctated season. Absolutely. And he won both of them. So I don't know if he's a favorite for winged foot. Honestly, I think that Olympia Fields is probably the most indicative course to what a U.S. Open is set up like. I mean, even Tiger said it. So that's clearly the ca- that was clearly the case. Does that mean that John Rahm then wins winged foot? I don't know. I think he had a lot of things going on this weekend. He... He, he, had a, he had a lot of good things happening. And even after what had happened on the fifth hole, he didn't let that affect him at all. 
He even said in his post-round interview, I hope I don't lose by one shot. That is crazy to conceptualize that he is that sort of flippant with negative things now. And again, you're not going to have a perfect tournament all the way through. When JT Poston didn't make one bogey and won, that was that hadn't been done in so long. Players yeah. are going to screw up and still win. That's It's bound to happen. You're not going to have a perfect round every single round. But the winners are the people who could bounce back. And I have to say, I used to put John in a different category. I used to see him as being affected negatively by things like that because I feel like he's a really cerebral, mental guy. I think he's a lot like Phil Mickelson and not because of all the other similarities and sort of things that they have in common. And obviously Phil's brother was John's coach. So there's a lot going on there. Besides all that, I see them very similar as players and I could see John winning a lot like Phil has. I don't know if he's my favorite for the US Open. I don't know if DJ is my favorite either. I really am not sure about that yet, but I think that this course was the most indicative setup that we will see, you know, in New York. Yeah, I mean, if we are prognosticating the leaderboard for winged foot, I think you have to give a very hard look at the leaderboard for the BMW championship. I mean, and the memorial, honestly, the memorial right. played really difficult too. So use those leaderboards, folks, as you are betting on betonline.ag to maybe spit out a good name or two that you think could uh, become victorious at the first major championship of the new season. So John Rahm victorious, his second win since this restart, truly remarkable stuff. And he has such a balanced game that it will lead to a major championship or multiple ones as we go forward in his young career. Meanwhile, Tiger Woods fired a 71 in the final round, making it the first time he was over par in all four rounds of a tournament since the Bridgestone Invitational 10 years ago. So let's not mince words here. Tiger Woods is still searching for his game right now. 16 tournament rounds over the past seven weeks, all relatively uninspiring. Bridget and I have done our best to really parse apart and figure out the positives in his game. Here's what he said on Sunday at Olympia Fields. Quote, I certainly haven't putted as well as I would have liked. And with the scores being as low as they have been, I just haven't been able to shoot the low scores like I needed to. So I guess it's fair to say Tiger seems a long way removed from the player who shot 64-64 to open the Zozo Championship and go ahead and win. That was back in October of 2019. And he ranked 63rd out of 69 players at the BMW in strokes gained putting. I mean, that's just not going to get it done. So I guess big picture, and we can get to this later, it's nice that he qualified for two of the three, uh, two of the three FedEx Cup playoff events. But, you know, you wanted a little more, especially during this restart from him, and we just didn't see a lot. So as we go forward with this podcast here today, you'll see that his nice finishes were very much front-loaded in this PGA Tour schedule, uh, and the bad finishes were during this PGA Tour restart, so the back end of the season. So for Tiger Woods, Bridget, I think it comes down to a couple of things. I think, one, it's scoring. He's just not doing it. Uh, and two, 
I think the putter is just too Jekyll and Hyde. And, you know, if those things aren't working, you're not going to win many PGA Tour events. I don't care how well you're striking it with your irons, especially if you're not hitting your approach shots close to the hole. I mean, you're just not giving yourself enough birdie opportunities. We talked about this last week. With that said, I actually thought this was a good setup for Tiger Bridget because birdies really weren't needed. You just had to survive. It was a U.S. Open. It was a grinded out type of feel, and still Tiger kind of struggled. He was sort of showing some good stuff on Thursday, and then he started to fade. So I guess uh, at the end of the day, it was pretty uninspiring, and I'm sure he is ready to look past all of this and look ahead to the U.S. Open. I like him having some time off before yeah. the US Open. So this did not bother me at all. I mean, he failed to crack par on any of the rounds, but you know, a lot of people struggled. And I don't think that I mean he was missing. I, I don't know. He he has he also has a lot going on. But it's not that it was like he did so awfully on a golf course that people were annihilating. Everyone was struggling. Yes, he finished way over par, but I'm not going to look at Olympia Fields as sort of the benchmark for the season. I really didn't see him making it to the Tour Championship. I mean, we, we said, what, he had to finish tied for six, but then I was hearing he had to finish, like, tied for fourth. So as things progressed, he really was going to have to have, like, a, an awesome weekend to even come close to getting um, to East Lake. So... Him missing Eastlake, I think, is a blessing for him. And him having the advantage that he does at Wingfoot, I think, is going to be huge. There's not a lot of players out there who have played winged foot. The thing is, the players who are dominating are, like, all under 30 oh, – well, no, Dustin's 36. So they're all under 30 – there's 36 or under. There's not a lot of vintage or, like, veteran guys who are – really making any traction at all yeah yeah in this little blip of a season I hate even calling it a season because it, it feels like we just started we'll be chasing a 16th major and I mean I don't know the the game it, it doesn't really seem like his game right now fits the task of Wingfoot, but who knows maybe he'll drive it really straight and the rough won't be an issue <laughs> yeah <laughs> In a perfect world, right? Wishful thinking. I think that the scores that we saw this past weekend are going to be very similar to the scores that we see at the U.S. Open, which I love. I love seeing those low scores. I love seeing no one break par. Like, that's how golf should be. The week before last, seeing DJ go 30 under, that's that's boring to me. What a differential, huh? In two weeks. Oh, so crazy. And it shows you that DJ's game really does travel. He yeah. could, you know, rally and shoot shoot par or, or just, you know, a little under. Or he could totally clean sweep. And, yeah, he probably should have shot 57 that day. So he could have been 33 under par. Who knows? But for me, I think Tiger having this little time off, he's definitely not playing Safeway. So we could say he'll have a couple weeks off, get that rest, get some prep in, get to New York a little early. I think this all sort of aligns with how Tiger operates anyway. So I think it's all meant to be how it's going to play out. Yeah, I mean, look, even if he did qualify for the Tour Championship, it likely would have been with, like, the even par people, right? So he's already 10 shots back. 
and all he cares about is winning. I think money is sort of, you know, just gravy at this point for this guy. So for him to just barely qualify for East Lake and not really be in contention off the bat, I'm sure he's fine with all of the results there. Now, if he won the BMW championship, things would have drastically changed, but you know, that's all out the window. So the season's done for him, Bridget. And obviously in terms of the calendar, not really, he's playing in a couple of weeks, but in terms of how the PJ tour is set up, we can kind of look back now and recap things. So of course we have the Zozo championship starting things off with the win. I think that is uh, the best way you could possibly start. Uh, the Hero World Challenge, fourth, not technically a PGA Tour event, but something to kind of note there. Very small field, 18 players. President's Cup played fantastically. The Farmers Insurance Open, T9, so you like that. He usually plays well at Torrey Pines. Yep. And then you got that restart, right? And then things got bad. Uh, actually, this was, uh, this was before the restart, I should say. Genesis Invitational. Yep, he finished 68th, last place among the players who made the cut. Then we get to the restart. Memorial T40, PGA T37, Northern Trust T58, BMW T51. So like I said, front-loaded in terms of success. Obviously, the Zozo Championship carried him to the BMW because nothing else really went right in terms of FedEx Cup points. So, look, if you had to throw a grade on it, you have to automatically give him a B at the very worst because he won a PGA Tour event uh, on the schedule, and it was a very condensed schedule for him, just playing a few tournaments this year. So, you know, if you want to point a gun to my head and say, hey, give him a grade, I think it's a B, B minus, something like that. Relative to Tiger standards, he's probably going to tell you a D because he wants to win every tournament he plays in. So I understand that. Bridget, if I had to ask you about how to really conceptualize this season for him, this very bizarre season, how would you do it? It's weird because he won the Zozo. But just imagine if we didn't have the coronavirus sort of intersect this season, how many tournaments would he have missed? He pulled out of the players. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's so weird that we're judging it on kind of like this scale with the blip in between, because I feel like regardless, there would have been a little time off in between for Tiger. I want to give him a C. I really... And that's like nothing to do with him having a win and then really not doing anything stellar. It's just average and a C is average. So like, that's literally what I'm going off of. Yeah. I think that's a fair assessment as well. Uh, because I mean, we haven't gotten anything good for four rounds since the farmer's insurance open. So right. that's a long time ago. Right. So just at the beginning of 2020, and so for Woods, I mean, obviously he's not a big fan of this season, I would project, but obviously he can uh, look ahead now to the U.S. Open, the Masters, and perhaps a tournament in between those two to kind of figure things out. So I guess as we look ahead, what's in store for Tiger for 2020-2021 here, Bridget? Because we have a slew of major championships at his disposal. I would think he's going to condense his schedule even more because we're talking about six major championships on the schedule, not four. 
And he wants to be very careful and make sure, as you say, Bridget, peak during those times. Yeah, I think for him, he puts a premium on being competitive now, not on playing as many tournaments as he can. And I think that's sort of always been how he was and how he operated. And I think when he won the tour championship in 2018, and he referenced that he did play a lot that year. We were spoiled that yeah, year. Yeah, we were. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if everyone listening recalls. He played a lot, and, and he's older now, and he, he was older then. So tw- going into 2019, I was a little upset knowing the fact that, oh, he's going to pull back. He's going to pull back. But, like, how, how much will he pull back? Sure, he did pull back. Now, 2020, the layoff sort of gave him the opportunity to not have to pull back. It pulled back for him. But we still sort of waited until we saw him for the first time. People thought that he was going to definitely make – or there were rumblings that he might make an appearance before the memorial. You and I were sort of on that track that we probably wouldn't see him until Jack's place was on the schedule. But there were some weird – like red herrings that popped up that maybe Tiger was going to play before, but he didn't. So now moving forward for me, it's all about the majors. I think getting to 83 wins is great. And I mean, he he'll do that if he wins another major for him. I think that those major wins just, they mean a lot more for him. I mean, they mean a lot more for a lot of people. For the fans, yeah. Absolutely. I think Dustin Johnson wants like 3,000 trophies. So I don't know what <laughs> means the most to that guy. But for Tiger, I think showing up at Augusta and really having a chance is always definitely front and center for him. And I think he would definitely like to tick off some other majors too. So obviously, I think we'll see him in November at the Masters. That's definitely going to happen. Other than that, I really have no idea. I also have no idea because this year is just so weird in the way that everything is playing out. I'm saying year, not season, because I know the season comes to an end this Mm -hmm. week. But for him, I think the focal point is those majors. And so obviously, we're going right into winged foot. That's the next time we'll see Tiger. Then I guess, I don't know, maybe he'll throw in an opportunity or two or three before the masters. I really don't know exactly how that's going to play out. And I don't know what tournaments he would play now that they're the switch is sort of been like the, now it'll be the East coast Vegas swing. Yeah. Like, so I don't, I don't really know. I think that that makes it a lot easier for him, obviously. Cause you're not like traveling this year is just so weird. Right. Like you'll have the opportunity to, defend the Zozo, but not where the Zozo should be. (laughs) So I don't know. I and obviously that comes after the fact. I I really don't know. I think that we'll definitely see him a couple times though, in between the two majors for sure. Yeah. I would guarantee probably the Zozo championship just because still he's like in theory, the defending champion. So the defending champions always show up. This will actually be at Sherwood Country Club in Thousand Oaks, California. We talked about that last week. That is now official from the PGA Tour. And then you have the WGC HSBC. I don't know what the latest is with that. As of now, it's scheduled for Shanghai. I don't think that's going to happen. So we'll see if that gets moved to the States. I have no idea. They might just nix it altogether. We shall see. I do want to kind of look back on real quick what we were talking about at the beginning of the PGA Tour restart and how 
the COVID pandemic and the shutdown, if you will, was quote unquote, a blessing in disguise for Tiger Woods because it allowed him to really recuperate because he wasn't feeling great at the players, as you mentioned, and get things going for this revamped PGA Tour schedule. He looked fantastic at the match 2.0. Everything was trending. And I guess, Bridget, this is more of a rhetorical question because we may not have the answers, but what went wrong? Because everything seemed to line up for him to really make a major run at the Memorial, the PGA, the Northern Trust, and throughout the FedEx Cup playoffs, and things just didn't really transpire. And it could really just be as simple as, look, he didn't play good golf. And everybody else, like the Brysons, the Webbs, the Burgers, the DJs of the world, did. And it's simple as that, I guess. Yeah, he really hasn't been in contention, though. And that, I think, could possibly stem from... So for me, I don't really know where he is totally in the sense of not like tiredness, but taking that length of time off, he obviously has been someone who has done something like that before. And we mentioned this multiple times that he sort of had a leg up in that sense, which is so weird that he's come back from layoffs and he's won. But for me, now that he's older, I think that yeah, he looked great at the match, but one, I mean, that was a, a one-day thing. It Did was we get fun. too excited? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like you're, you're on your, you're on like the lay of your own land, like right. I don't even know what you want to call that, and it was just so relaxed. The environment now on the PGA Tour is so weird. It's different for guys like Tiger and Rory who are used to roars who are literally used to constant movement and sound and all of that and I'm not saying that Tiger and Rory can't adapt because they're probably two of the most adaptable golfers on the planet but they both had weird restarts and they're both very used to different environments he just really hasn't played that great of golf like you said and other players have been playing really stellar you mentioned Bryson like how he was the storyline for so many weeks and then DJ who wasn't now DJ is just like lights out blowing things up found something clicking all cylinders ago Tiger really hasn't had that and it's not like you're playing against each other you are playing against the course I know that that's always repeated by many a golfer and I believe it to be true John Rahm went out there on Sunday and he beat that course and that's just fact so for Tiger, I really think it's just a, a lot is going on. I think that I'm not saying he's old and tired, but he doesn't recover as quickly. He had that layoff. It probably put a little bit of, of a wrench in sort of the consistency of getting competitive rounds in and sort of being in that state of mind. And then he wasn't playing like four, five, six weeks at a time. Not like he normally does. But when you take time off like that, I feel like you do need a little bit of a repetition to get back into the swing of things. And maybe he just never got back into it. I really don't know. When he came out on Thursday at this course, I kind of thought he was going to do well, even though I knew it was playing so difficult. I, I've, I sort of saw him doing much better than he did once the tournament got started and once I saw how gnarly it was playing. I didn't anticipate the scores being that low. So once I saw that that was hap or 
not being low. <laughs> um, once I saw that that was happening, I was like, hey, maybe Tiger has a shot here. But no, he didn't. So I, I really don't know what's going on. I don't think there's like a huge problem or like an issue in his game or he doesn't have like the chipping yips. He's not, he's hitting, you know, he's doing everything fine. I don't see anything particularly wrong. The putting is a cause for concern for me, but that's always like, in recent years been a weird variable in his game. Like sometimes it'll be excellent and sometimes it won't. We're not in the 2000, the early 2000s anymore where Tiger, you know, reads a putt and makes it no matter what, whether it's 15 feet, three feet or 40 feet, he would knock those things in. There was not really any doubt. Now he gets over a tricky little three and a half footer and sometimes I'm like, ah, I don't know, it might bobble to the right. I have no idea. So for him, I think, his putting is definitely something that needs to get better. And that's not like, hey, Tiger, you got to go work on your putting. He's all feel. So if right. that's not clicking for me, I think something just isn't, isn't clicking for him. And, and I don't know if it's, a, it's like an on-off switch, if that's just something that he's able to flip, because I feel like that's how DJ is. Something definitely flipped in that guy. And I don't know. I just don't see Tiger contending that much at least not in the foreseeable I like him at Wingfoot just because of history and I think that probably is going to fall by the wayside once you see how difficult it's going to be set up also U.S. Opens have that graduated rough I mean if you're not hitting it in the fairway you're you're really asking for it the premium of hitting fairways in a U.S. Open is huge just like it was here at Olympia Fields it's going to be quite the test for him in New York. There's no doubt about it for the U.S. Open. And I think with his putter, it really just comes down to you got to wait. Just wait for him to figure it out. Like you said, it's feel. It's not like his fundamentals are wrong. It's not right. like he's, you know, reading every single putt incorrectly. It's just speed. It's feel. It's just wait it out. And I think eventually he'll find it. And that's when you'll see the lower scores. He talked about it. Uh, Another important point to wrap up about Tiger, the putter switch. That was a little alarming to me, for a lack of a better word, just because you don't see that too, too much with him. And then for him to go back to that Scotty, the OG Scotty, it was like, okay, what was he looking for there? And maybe it was nothing. Maybe it was something. I don't know. But it's certainly uh, an interesting nugget to, to digest for – the major championship season that we have on tap here with the U S open, the masters, and of course the regularly scheduled majors as well in 2021. So we shall see. All right. The tour championship. Here we go. Staggered start beginning on Friday. So it's a labor day tournament finishing up on Monday. So here's the deal. We've got Dustin Johnson at 10 under par. That's where he will be on Thursday before he even hits a golf shot. John Rahm at eight under par, Justin Thomas at seven, Webb Simpson at six, the PGA champion Morikawa at five, a collection of guys at four, Berger, English, DeChambeau, Sunjay M, and Hideki Matsuyama, a collection at three, Brendan Todd, McElroy, Reed, X-Man, Sebastian Munoz. Then you have Lanto Griffin, Scotty Scheffler, Joaquin Neiman, Tyrrell Hatton and Tony Finau at two under par. Kevin Kisner, Abraham Answer, Ryan Palmer, Kevin Na, Mark Leishman at one. And then the last place, quote unquote, even a par, 
Cam Smith, Victor Hovland, Mackenzie Hughes, Cameron Champ, and Billy Horschel. The winner will win the FedEx Cup and the $15 million prize. So here we go. Year two, I believe, Bridget, of this new little format at the Tour Championship. And obviously, I think the way in which this leaderboard is set up is extremely accurate. Dustin Johnson is probably the best player in the world right now. John Rahm there at number two on the leaderboard. And JT, I think it makes complete sense. Uh, one, two, three there. Webb Simpson playing fantastic golf. And then, of course, you have a major champion in Colin Morikawa there at five under par. What do you expect out of this leaderboard? And what do you make of the staggered start, actually, just from you know a general standpoint? So initially, meaning last year, I was against it. I thought I wasn't going to like it but I think it really worked out well. And as the week went, as the tournament went on, I kind of liked it. I like it. I think that it really gets the job done appropriately. I think that it makes the most sense, even though optically it's so bizarre, but all the players put it into context. A couple shots, if you're sitting a couple shots back from DJ over the course of a tournament, it really isn't going to make that big of a difference. Whoever goes lights out, whoever plays really well, whether you're starting at even or you're Dustin Johnson, I think that it, it really does set up to allow the best player to win. So I like it. I don't believe I just said that, but I like it. I also am not going to go with Rory. I'm going to do a shout out to his pregnant wife because she might go into labor on Labor Day. Oh, so. wow. Do you like that? <laughs> wow, that's actually an interesting uh, point because for DraftKings, I got to know that. <laughs> yeah, so he emphatically said he will withdraw if she does go into labor. So, Labor Day. Labor there you go, fellas. There you go. Lessons learned right there from Rory. Wow, that was cool. I, I just made a dad joke about a new, he's going to be a first time dad. Wow, I am. I'm just gonna, I just patted myself on the back for all of you that can't see. That's what just happened. Okay, moving forward. I would love to go with Dustin Johnson. But you know what? I'm so behind you, Cam. Mm -hmm. Also, there's so many guys named Cam on tour. It's like I saw someone say that I think more guys are named Cam than – I don't even know. It was hysterical. But there are a lot of Cams in this tour championship this, this week. I'm going with Burger. going with Daniel Burger. National Burger Day or National Cheeseburger Day is September 18th. I saw that the other day. <laughs> You know how I pick people. It's those weird little signs. That was my sign. I'm going with Daniel Berger. He finished 131st last year. Um, he hasn't been to East Lake since 2017. But you know what? This year is weird, and he was playing so well. He's been playing so well. I'm going with Berger this week. So you went with Berger, I believe, at the WGC FedEx St. Jude. Finished tied for second, so you did a good job there. There you go. So uh, you like him, and you know what the deal is with him. What's so if I do, you know, have to mention uh, John Rahm winning last week, that was my pick. I'm sort of kind of heating up, like playing Pong, heating up, balls back, that sort of thing. Because if you look Wait, at- the You video, said this to me, you text me this. I have no, what? I don't know what that is. Oh, Bridget, did you go to college? Come on. I did. Oh, <laughs> Pong. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yes, roots as they call it sometimes. Wow. Okay. Yeah. TBT, major TBT. Okay, I digress, so, all you listeners. <laughs> <laughs> um, so with that, I mean, I picked- 
Justin Thomas correctly a couple of weeks ago. Uh, obviously really sucked at the PGA picking Fowler who missed the cut, but I digress. Yes. So I'm riding a hot wave right now. Bridget. Yes. My lead is just a shade under $3 million. So <laughs> I guess if you get the winner correctly in that $15 million bonus, you win, but no, I think it, I think that's a little too much. I don't know. Uh, I think we'll you won already. Even if I win this week, I feel like you still won. So. Yeah, you think so? Okay. Yeah, I just feel like overarchingly, you picked two winners correctly. That's that's pretty good. I think we've both been pretty solid overall, though. Like you haven't been too too far. I think the money lead is kind of deceiving. But anyway, we'll restart it uh, after the tour championship. So I like Webb Simpson. I do. I like actually the fact that he took the BMW championship off and probably a good thing, Bridget. I don't know. Maybe he got some like reports from the grounds at Olympia fields <laughs> where they were like, dude, don't show up. You're going to hate yourself. And Webb was like, all right, see you guys. I'm going to Eastlake. And I you know, one, star, so. yeah, I mean, one would assume, you know, maybe he went to Eastlake a little early, checked out the situation. He has really good course history there in Atlanta a par 70 course, those are the courses that Webb eats up like it's his career, which it is. And so, I mean, I like him. In terms of the leaderboard, Bridget, I knew you were going to hate me if I went with DJ, so I didn't want to go there. I picked Rom last week. He's there at 8-under. I picked Jake T as well a couple weeks ago. So, I mean, why not go with Webb at 6-under? I think a four-shot deficit is reasonable enough for him to overcome because this is a guy who is tops on the PGA tour in terms of making birdies. And I could foresee this somewhat of a birdie fest this week. So I like uh, Webby. Okay. I like Webb. I think that you definitely are into something where he took the week off a really brutal week off. Mm -hmm. He got some rest. He's going into East Lake higher than he ever has before. He's like possibly going to go on a tear. I don't know. Do, do, is Webb Simpson and going on a tear? Is that even, you, I don't even know if you, put those two things in the sounds like an oxymoron honestly yeah. <laughs> but uh he whatever the the Webb simpsons of the world do he's gonna do that yeah, yeah i like it i like burger and web those are for all you people listening those are two solid choices and i think those are some those are some good guys to put your to put your money on burger at four under par six shots back of Dustin Johnson to kick things off on Thursday. So we'll see if he can uh, make up ground. And, you know, just a final note, you got to wonder what the mentality is for the likes of Cam Smith, Hovland, these guys at even par. It's like, okay, am I going to go for every single flag? I mean, (laughs) it's going to be interesting. Yeah. Honestly, I feel like that might play a little bit into the head game of it all. Like, man, I'm starting 10 off the leader. So I think that that has to be totally out of your mind if you are starting at even or even one under because you have a lot of ground to make up. But I also think that this format really does work. So I think anything could happen. It's going to be a fun week, ladies and gentlemen. It kickstarts on Friday, not Thursday. I keep saying Thursday. I just like recall I said the fact that it's Thursday like two times on the show. So 
Friday through Monday, the Tour Championship, the final event of the PGA Tour season. And then we get it going again for the Safeway Open next week. So, of course, Bridget and I will be here for you as we gear up for that event right here on the Tiger Woods Podcast, presented by betonline.ag. We are signing off for this week. For Bridget Whalen, I am Cam Rogers. We'll see you next week. Enjoy your sleep. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.